You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. So tonight, Chris and I are going to be talking about settling, settling, accepting what it is that you have. You ever see the movie True Romance? No. True Romance is one of my favorite films of all time. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie written by Quentin Tarantino before Quentin Tarantino was a big deal. So much so, it was actually directed by Anthony Scott, Ridley Scott's brother. Really? Mm-hmm. So go on. Elaborate. So it's the greatest movie of all time. It's the greatest love story of all time. You, you've you told me about this movie and I've yet boy, to watch it. Boy meets girl. Turns out girl's a prostitute. Boy doesn't care. Falls in love with girl. Goes to girl's pimp to get her belongings. Ends up leaving with a suitcase filled with uncut cocaine. Start the movie. Well, there's a scene in the movie with Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper. Christopher Walken is... uh, For being a nobody that wrote a movie, he's got all these big names in it Oh, Christopher Walken, Dennis Hopper, Christian Slater, Brad Pitt does a cameo in it. Uh, The guy that James Gandolfini's in it before he was ever a big deal, before uh, the show he did on HBO. What year was this? Oh, shit, I don't remember. 90s? Yeah. Okay, so Brad Pitt was still relatively new. Yeah, he plays a a, a, a bit part in the movie. He's a stoner. He's very funny. Um, But... There's a scene in the movie where uh, a gangster by the name of Blue Lou Boyle sends his killer, played by Christopher Walken, and a group of goons to go look for Clarence because Clarence has stolen the cocaine. And they end up in the trailer park where Clarence's dad lives. It's not really a trailer park. It's more trailers on you know the side of a rail station. Anyway, so... He's interrogating Dennis Hopper's character and trying to, you know, be, I'm the, you know, I'm the mob guy and I'm going to kill you sort of thing. And Dennis Hopper's not buying into it. So uh, Christopher Walken's character punches him in the nose and goes on this whole thing about stings, doesn't it? Water swells up in your eyes, makes it hard to see. You can't breathe. And he says, that's as good as it's going to get. And it's never going to get that good again. And that's how you should look at your relationship. It's never, it's never going to get better than what you have right now. So stop being a fucking asshole and put skin in the game. Dang. Well, you know, what's funny about that. So when, when you get punched in the nose or whatever, and you start to experience swelling, mm-hmm. if you're uh, boxing or fighting, you're never supposed to blow your nose mm. because your eyes will immediately swell shut. Really? Yes. So this actually happened in an MMA fight a couple of weeks ago with a seasoned fighter. He fucking got mashed in the nose by a monster uh, and on his way to his corner, fucking blew his nose. And then he's like, shit. And his eyes immediately swelled shut. So he's trying to like press the fluid out of them and you can't. 
So does that have to do with the sinuses? Is that yeah? So uh, basically, what happens is when you get punched in the nose, it's blood. Um, blood will start to well up in your sinus cavity, and when you go to blow your nose, the pressure will actually push it right up into right, here. Right, 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 right. Because so, you're so you basically you're gonna have you're gonna have backflow mm -hmm. that's gonna put blood. Uh, wow, that's that's interesting. So, listeners, if you get punched in the nose, and you know it was a bad punch. Don't fucking blow your nose. Even if, if you're fucking bleeding out of it, whatever. Yeah, don't breathe through blow mouth, your nose. Which is also dangerous. Well, you can, if you, if you can still breathe through your nose at that point. I can barely breathe through my nose right now and I haven't been punched. Yeah. If you can still breathe through your nose, continue to breathe through your nose. So I guess the, the I was, I was thinking about this a lot and my wife and I've had a, had a pretty good week. Good. Had a, had a pretty good week. And I think a lot of it has to do with recognizing that you know i i love her i love her very much and regardless what's happened it doesn't change the fact that i love her and that i want to make it work um but i i think it's true of you know just about you know your 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 job your marriage your relationship you know if you if you behave in a fashion where you've got one foot out the door, even if you didn't and something tragic occurs that makes you put a foot out the door, you can't live your relationship that way because it's going to doom it. You know, you're always going to be considering what is it out there that I that I don't have that I have the potential for. Yeah. The concept of the grass always being greener, which isn't certainly the case. I mean, shit, I, I regret leaving the fantasy shop so many years ago. Um, and it was probably the right decision for me. And I think that, you know, the, that I'm better for it and the shop's better for it. But there were there were times where I was like, man, I really fucked up. I shouldn't have left or at least not in the, the fashion that I did. And it's interesting because tonight when I came over, you let me know that you had left your job. Yep. Which I was pretty surprised because you had just received a promotion. And yeah. you told me the whole story about how it happened. And I don't know how much of it you want to get into on the mics. But then you also said that there's a part of you that thinks, fuck, man, I screwed up. Yeah. Not because of loyalty to the job, but loyalty to your family. And this sets you back in terms of buying your house. Yeah. Because in order to go through the credit approval process, you want to have had employment at a place for at least a year. Yeah. You know, and you're making great money and you've got, you know, you've got a nice, uh, you, you've got a nice nut saved up for it. But that doesn't change the fact that you're now a year out because you have to find new employment and then be there for a year. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, it's a, so bef before I went back to doing the car game, I said I didn't ever want to do cars again. And I went into it knowing full good and well that it was just for the opportunity to make as much money as I could as fast as I could. Yeah. And like I went at it with that mindset and hungry like that. And if it ever came down to something, I'm like, I'll just fucking leave. Um, so, like, there were a couple of times where, like, shit, the writing was basically on the walls. There was stuff that would happen that, like, I did not agree with. And you can't, you can't be at odds with what you're doing all the time. Um, it's just not viable. So, and if you're, if you're the person that's bitching all the time, well then you're you're you you have to do something different or leave like 
those are the options. Right. And when those options have been exhausted, like you, or when doing something different's been exhausted, you have to leave. Like right. that's basically the option. And uh, I, I had what was my final straw and decided to part ways. And I, I talked to my wife first and she's like, you work too many hours. I never get to see you. This is really hard on me. That's fine. But it, and you were like, I'll give you something hard on you. Right. Hard on you. Yeah. It, it set us back. And uh, like, I regret that a little bit. Yeah, right. absolutely. I make great money. So can I go somewhere else and make great money? Yeah, absolutely. Like I can, I can attack with what I can attack with the same ferocity, whatever I'm doing. And right. I'm like I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, that's fine. But it is a setback. It's a setback. Not a major setback, though. But it's a, it, but it's it, a setback. It's a major setback. We're in a shitty apartment that we don't want to be in. Um, and we were three months away from being where we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I should have just eaten the fucking crow here. Right. But I let my ego get in the way of things here. And I definitely put so, – it was foolish of me because there was a goal that I was working toward, and I let something else come between me and that goal. Yeah, and it's interesting too because you know, thinking about you know my wife's affair, I, I thought about that too, and honestly, I was letting my anger and my hurt get in the way of progress. Yeah, you know, I was letting that get in the way of acceptance and moving on. What I, I think that's one of those things that like, a a fatal flaw that I have is. I'll only bitch so much. Like after bitching, it's time to move on. Yeah, you and I both have that same personality quirk that, you know, I can take a lot of shit until I can't. And then once I've reached my limit, we're done. Well, the the stupid thing about it was I could have taken more shit. It was just I I basically drew a line and Mm -hmm. I had uh, my boss's boss talking to me and he's like, you're just being stubborn at this point. And I was like. Okay, but I'm not wrong, and I can't see past that. Right, and that was that was foolish of me. Um, so that I regret taking the stance that I took. I don't like whatsoever. Right. Well, and it's the the challenging thing about employment is having. It's, it's a social contract and it's a social contract of mutual benefit. Yeah. And, you know, in every relationship, someone is always going to have hand. They're always going to have upper hand. And as a general rule, it is the employer that has the upper hand because it's the employer that gives you your money and your hours and your health care. Um, and so they assume that providing you with livelihood is enough and that that's all they have to put into the relationship and that they can give you varying degrees of abuse or take advantage of you. And it's just not the way you should treat people. You know, yes, I'm providing you with employment and I'm providing you with health care, but you're also doing a service for me where you are representing my company and representing my brand. And I respect that. And I want you to respect me 
the person for whom you work and the place that you work at, but I, I have to treat you with the same respect. You know, I have to be, you know, I, I have to, you know, if, for example, what happened at your job, if they were going to dick around with people's commissions and their pay, what they should have done is paid everybody what they they what they signed off on that all the employees signed off on and said, yes, this is going to be my pay for this pay period. And then moving forward, and it's exactly. going to be different. You have a company meeting and you sit down and you say, look, I know this sucks, but here's where we're at. And this is how we're going to be calculating it going forward. And here's how it's going to affect you. Well, when I was talking to my boss about it i was like how this was handled was wrong and i'm not i'm not going to get into everything but um you know you, you spilled some of the beans there so uh everybody's pay got changed and it got changed at the last possible instant and it got changed in such a way that they wrote paper checks to people when everybody is normally getting direct deposit so everybody would already normally have their money and then at the right, so here's here's the after close yeah. on a Saturday, we find out that it's going to be changed. And like, I, I fundamentally disagree with how it was handled, especially since days before they knew. I'm like, you should have come to everybody at very minimum and said, "Hey, this is this is what happened, and right. I'm sorry, and I'm going to make it up to you somehow." Right. Um, because but but they don't. The, the issue is, is that they did not value or respect the employees enough to do precisely that. Well, no, they what happened was as soon as everybody threw a fit, they said, we're going to make it right next time. But next time doesn't count because yeah. you've already broken trust at this point. Right. And just like here, it was stealing like that's stealing. Mm -hmm. OK. Um, and once. If I were stealing from you, the repercussions would be harsh. I probably wouldn't get a second chance. Right. But you're expecting a second chance. Right. So how is how is that fair? It's not fair, but they're the employer, so they have all the power. Or at least that's what they think. And that's why I think you did the right thing. Well, like I said, to an extent, I agree. And I've talked this over with a few different people and they were in agreement with me about a lot of it um but like the fact of the matter is i i jumped the gun and i did something out of emotion and stuff like that that i shouldn't have right and like part of it is like i try to be as objective as possible when looking at something and this can be in work or in my relationship and i attempt to be but i'm very very human and i definitely fall short on that objectivity because i will look at my feelings and build a case off of that and i think that's a very common thing to do for a sure. person and that's not an effective mode of being no it's it's not but that's called impulse yeah and, and it, being impulsive is not good yeah and i'm an impulsive person for well, sure as am i yeah and i did something out of impulse and I, I regret that. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I can't see past the fact also that I wasn't wrong. Like I, I was not wrong and I'll stand by that. Like this is a business that I didn't want to be in, in the first place. Right. Um, because of the stigma that follows it. So you mean the stigma of being a scumbag and yeah. a liar? Well, so my wife said to me, she's like, 
you're different since you've been doing this again. And I'm like, how so? She's like, you're just an asshole. And I'm like, okay. Um, fine, I guess. Like, maybe I'm more of an asshole. But, like, it's, I have to turn a part of myself off to even do this. Right. And I'm doing this for a majority of the time that I'm awake. So it fucking bleeds over into everything else. And then sure. you, you add on top of that that you know you work basically more than you do anything else you're a normal person's at a job eight hours a day i was there 12 plus normally so that's basically mine i was working 75 hours a week yeah the snow boy now yeah and it was just not it was no longer acceptable right and like i missed my kids first fucking games this past weekend and like that's one of the things that like it that destroyed me i don't you don't get to play catch with your kids. You don't get to watch your kids do this, that, or the other. Like, at what point are you not living life anymore? And, like, she, my wife had said, you know, you've got no work-life balance. And I'm like, you can't with this particular field. There's no work-life balance. It yeah. doesn't exist. It's work. It, it's that, a work-work balance. That's basically what it is. And everybody's mindset there is, this is how you make your money. That's how you support your family. This is all that matters. Right. And it's not. Like what matters is that your people can perform, they can perform the essential functions of their job at the optimal capacity. And when, when they're not having adequate time off to decompress, when they're not able to indulge in the fruits of their labor whatsoever, like that's a problem. And when, you know, I, I was a top performer basically before I got my promotion and then after. So I, in in sales i was basically always number one in my store and i could go to any store and do the same thing and i'm very confident in saying that um and then my first month in finance i was number three in st louis second uh, second to a guy that worked in my store and was training me he was forty dollars ahead of me and then the guy that was ahead of him was ninety dollars ahead of me Wow. So realistically, like I could have definitely beat both of them my first month doing it. So like I know that I was bringing a lot to the table there, but I'm not going to sell my soul and sell my family for it. Like I'm not a hooker. Right. Neither are they. So that's not, it's not viable. Well, The interesting thing to me about that is that the the fact that, you know, I don't know, as a, as a boss, I would handle it differently. I would have handled that situation differently from the get-go. But certainly I would have been like, you know, I would have wanted to sit down with you and say, Chris, come on, man. You know, you're – you're a rock star. You're wicked valuable. You're really good at this job. They did. And did they? Yeah, and I told them to fuck themselves, basically. Wow. Um, but did they do it in a way that they were blowing smoke up your ass, or was it, it sincere? It, there, there was some smoke, and then there was some sincerity. It was a mixture. Uh, but one of the biggest things was, like, I left, and there was not another finance manager there that day. Right. So they tried to get me to at least do that day of work. Mm -hmm. And I thought... I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. 
like you did something wrong and now I have to come here and spend my time right because you did something wrong and you're dealing with the repercussions of that like right. I did not think that was right um I was overly emotional sure but like I also there's people that I spent fucking you know 60 or more hours a week with that I was watching you hurt mhm and like that's that's not okay and like I was raised that if you look out for your own, you look out for your own. And when my own are being taken advantage of, I'm like, no, I take issue with that. And if I make my stand and do what I need to do to try to rectify that and they don't, it's on them at that point. Right. But like, I know that I did the right thing or at least attempted to. Like, I'll I'll look out for the people that, that I mean, those guys essentially, you know, made it possible for me to do my job. Right. And that, and that is exactly the sentiment I have about leaving the fantasy shop that, you know, I was there for a long time and it really made it my career and wanted to buy the company, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it was time for me to stand up and say enough's enough. I don't think, I don't think that you did the wrong thing by parting ways with that company. And now I understand that another opportunity has opened itself to you. So that's fantastic. Aren't they opening another store? So that's the, the short answer is I don't know exactly what's going on with that. But uh, if I did have any knowledge, I would not be at liberty to say at this point. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't think they've made any decisions. I, I don't think that I don't think the owner of the company is my biggest fan. So are you vocal? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, not really not as vocal, not, I mean, not vocal like I was when I worked for, when I worked for Dave or not vocal like I was when I worked at medical West. I, it's such a weird thing. Like when, when I worked for the fantasy shop, you were running the company yeah. and the employees input was extremely important to you. Yeah. And like I can, so I only worked there for six months. It just, I couldn't, provide for my family working there so i had to part ways with the fantasy shop but um that was the best employment time that i had ever had in my life mm -hmm. like uh it was absolutely fantastic i loved what i did i loved everybody that i worked with uh were there stupid things sure but like it wasn't something that i would bitch about and right that's pretty fucking good and having to walk away from that sucked yeah like my last day I remember giving John Perks a hug and tearing up and I was like, man, I'm going to miss the shit out of you guys. Yeah. Uh, Cause I worked with an incredible group of people and I worked for an incredible organization and I had incredible customers. Like everything was just great. Yeah. So, you know, not having to do that anymore, suck total ass. And uh, I can like, there was something that you were doing right there. There was a there was a formula there that worked and like a, a lot of employers don't do that right like they don't value their employees right because the you they don't should. you you have to sit across a table from another person and recognize that they're a fucking human being right and you have to treat them like a human being and not as some disposable 
cog in a machine that there is a countless bin of more cogs. And when this one is ground down, I just dispose of it and put in the next cog. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's what I was always so like when I would do hiring, um, I was always extremely particular about who I would hire and it would drive management crazy. They're like, we're not hiring fast enough. And I'm like, we are. I'm like, we need to hire the right people for this, not hire a bunch of people and then weed people out. Like, that's not that's not an effective mode of hiring. That's a waste of money. It's a waste of resources. It's a waste of time. Right. And that that's sort of speaking from the other side of my mouth. That is the opposite of settling is, you know continuing to look for a better opportunity, which is absolutely true. When I was talking about settling, I was I was saying, look at the situation that you're in, the relationship that yeah. you're in, and do what you can to make that work unless it's untenable. Yeah. And I here, I I agree with that. And like as it comes to a relationship with an individual, that's very different than a relationship with a business. Right. Um so let's say like your partner does something that you can't stand the fucking way they do the dishes drives you bad shit. Yeah. Is it, is it better if somebody else does the dishes different? No. And the other bullshit that that person might have, well, no, like, and you have to, you have to come to grips with that. And you have to come to grips with the fact that the, the grass is not greener on the other side. Right. It's just a different set of grass. Right. I mean, you know, that's the thing that I had to tackle with is that, am I going to end a relationship of 27 years of 27 years because of something that happened and has been hidden for me for 10 years. And I, I didn't know. And what's funny is that at the time, if I knew what was going on, when it was going on, I think I would have responded differently. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty normal thing. Yeah. I think for, Okay. I think when it comes to an affair, a lot of people find out not after, but during. Right. And I think that's a very different thing than if you find out after. Right. Um, but it's also, has it ended? Yeah. Because if something is ongoing, well, there's still, there's not just an emotional investment in you, but an emotional investment elsewhere. And that makes things extremely difficult to navigate for a person. Right. Uh, person being the cheating party, the one that's doing right. the wrong there. Um, if they've already terminated whatever that other relationship was, well, then that's very different. And clearly they stuck it out with you, though they've lied to you for a considerable period of time now. Right. And like, that's something that's hard to deal with. Yeah. So I, it's, it's such a bizarre thing, but it, I can see where that would shift things to a place that, no, it's not the same because right. we talked about that last yeah. week. Um, it's not the same. It's never going to be the same. Right. What was is gone. And uh, I actually, I listened, I've listened to a bunch of relationship coaches um, because I'm a fucking weird person. And one of them said, if you encounter infidelity in your relationship, uh, you have to view if you decide to stick it out, like if for whatever reason you're going to work it out after that, um, you have to look at this as a new relationship and not the one that was there because the one that was there is dead. Like it's not the same anymore. So you have to go into this new relationship 
like a new relationship. And that's fucking hard. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to look at something where somebody has done something wrong. Uh, a friend, a lover, a, an employer, whatever, and say, okay, our relationship is different now. Let's move forward. Yeah. It's challenging for sure. And uh, yeah, like it. Yeah. But I guess, and, and, and maybe this isn't healthy, but I don't know. I, and I don't want to, I don't want to say that I'm apathetic about it at this point. I just, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've accepted that it happened. I've accepted that it's over. Um, and I guess I just, I don't know. I try not to dwell on it. I mean, I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, it's really easy to hate something. Like it, no, it, I love hatred. It's it's way easier to fucking hate something or be frustrated than it is to be fucking grateful. And I think that's one of those things that like we get caught up in often with whatever. Like I hate this. I hate that. And this is not acceptable. And we don't say, all right, well, this and this are acceptable about this. And for a lot of people, maybe doing a T-chart is good. Doing a, doing a what? A T-chart. List the pros, list the cons. Why do you call it a T-chart? Because it, it's shaped like the letter T. Oh, of course, because you have the pro column and the mm -hmm. con column and the I see. Sorry, my apologies, listeners. My allergies are driving me crazy today. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that, but it, it's extremely hard to navigate that, especially when you're emotionally involved in it. And, like, one of the things that... that is part of growing as a person is being able to detach yourself from your emotions to an extent so that you can navigate this. But why would you call it a T chart? Like it's a pros and cons list. Okay. There, there doesn't have to be any lines. There why, why is it? You a could lot just... of people do it as that, but that's fine. We can call it a pros and cons list. Where the fucking T chart come from? Seriously. Uh, I've heard the phrase multiple when times. You said, when you said T chart, like in my brain, there was, you know, Earl Grey and black tea and... Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> Mike was worried about beverages at that point. He's like, is Long Island one of them? Uh, but no, that it was not that kind of tea. It was actually, it's when you read tea leaves, Mike. Oh, that's good. You dumb shit. Yeah, I, I actually, as opposed to reading tea leaves... I'm a big fan, big fan of the chicken entrails. I just want to, I just want to cut a chicken open, spill its sweetbreads on the floor, and do a little hoodoo. So, uh, the wife and I recently started watching Carnival Row. Oh yeah, how was it? It's fucking great. Stop it. It's actually very, very is good. It? So the show's clever. Um, just the premise of the show is great. Like the setting is wonderful. So it's this Victorian fantasy, basically. Right. And it's a war-torn world, which automatically makes things enticing. And then you have fucking racism thrown in because you've got all these different races of creatures and stuff right, like that. Right, a bunch of fae creatures. Yeah, and, you've yeah. got, you know, fawns, fae, all this stuff. So it makes, like, that in and of itself is a lot of fun. And then you have, like half breeds thrown into it and witchcraft and all this fun stuff and it's it's very very well done it i mean it's an amazon series so the budget's fucking basically 
through the roof. Right. Uh, so the production quality is wonderful. Um, the show is very good. And Orlando Bloom is dreamy. Orlando Bloom is dreamy. Um, the main Faye chick that's in it is a cutie. I forget her name. Uh, I don't. I can't do it. The pixie cut, man. That doesn't bother it, me. It 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 bothers me a lot. You would love some of the other Faye. Yeah. Oh my goodness. A bunch of them are running around in blue hair, mm. and it's a bunch of sex scenes. Mm. So they're running around naked all the time, and they're mm. flapping their wings while they're mm. doing it. And you're like flapping their labia while they're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, this is good. No, um, it's a really good show. So Tara and I started watching that recently, and mm. I'm, we're like four episodes in, five episodes in. It's fantastic, yeah. dude. Do you watch Letter Kenny? No, I don't. Oh man, what's Letter Kenny? So Letter Kenny, it's it's on Hulu. Um. It's a show about Canadian hicks. It's you know, it's it's difficult to explain, but it's a it's a sitcom about a, a small town in Canada called Letterkenny, and there are five thousand people in Letterkenny, and these are their problems, and it's about hustling, sneering, fighting, fucking bitches, you know, getting money, not not doing meth, playing hockey, doing meth, dancing, doing meth. Being a gay preacher, doing meth. Uh, this show sounds drinking. <laughs> Everybody's fucked up all the time. No, it's it's wicked quotable. It really, really is. But it's it's a lot of fun. You should check it out. I, we might have to watch that one next. Yeah. So I primarily use Hulu for Impractical Jokers right now. Oh sure, sure I sure. love that fucking show. Yeah. But I use it for that, and then uh, UFC Fight Pass. Ah, because you have to have a cable provider. So I pay some obscene amount of money to Hulu because I don't have cable. Yeah, lame. Yeah, um, but I have to to watch part of the fights that I want. Yeah. So, see, and this this is why I don't want to involve myself in another relationship, and this is why I've always known if something happens with my wife that I'm just gonna see professionals because as much as she pisses me off and hurts me, you know, with this whole situation, she also gets me, you know, and and I just. It's too much fucking work to invest in somebody else. We've talked too about that multiple times. Work. Yeah. We've we've said that on this show. I know. Basically we're blue I know. in the face. I'm saying right again. Now. It and is And you know what? I'm I'm you know what that dead horse is gonna take a dick beating. That dead horse isn't gonna get kicked or beaten. I'm fucking a dead horse. I mean, I am gonna be shoulder deep. I'm gonna give it a mushroom horse. stamp. I am <laughs> shoulder deep because you're going in through the fucking where the head fell off. No, or I'm what? literally fisting it up to my shoulder like I was birthing a calf. <laughs> That's how much. And I feel bad for this horse because he's got a tight little butthole. It's fucking dead. <laughs> it's all relaxed and stuff. No, it's actually not. It's it's all rigor mortisy and 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 turgid. You know, rigor mortis only lasts for like a day or so and then it goes away okay listen i did not come here this evening to have you just browbeat me with your science oh my bad <laughs> well no rigor mortis is bizarre so like, i'm unemployed i quit my job all i've got to do is time on the internet wikipedia read about rigor mortis I, yeah that was before i was unemployed <laughs> yeah. but i learned about that yeah uh, I, i'm at work i'm there for 12 hours a day nine of them are spent on wikipedia reading about dead people yes <laughs> that's exactly right i was spending all my time reading about dead people yeah that's it's, why it's tuesday we ain't got no sales on tuesdays i fucking wish <laughs> no we would have six of them at five o'clock and we closed at six o'clock oh. so we'd be there until nine o'clock oh bag of dicks oh yeah and they're like you can't leave till the last customer's gone 
So that was fucking horrendous. Yeah, that's not for me, man. That's no bueno. Yeah, it was no bueno. So I uh, I talked to a friend of ours, Sean, recently, and his he's opening a new business. Yeah. And uh, it seems incredible so far. So he is... He's got investors. He's at the point now to where the building that he's in is almost finished. I actually went and visited him there today and was checking out the building. Nice. And he was talking to me about a potential employment opportunity for me there. And he's like, dude, he's like, because I said to him, I'm like, is it is it exciting now that it's real? And he's like, it was real to me the whole time. I'm mm-hmm. like, but now you're seeing fruit. Right. I'm like, so, like, you know, before it was I planted a seed, I watered it. There's dirt here. Yeah, like, whatever. Like, that's it's not real at that point. Mm-hmm. And now that you're starting to see it, is it different? And he's like, I don't, he's like, I hardly have time to appreciate it right now. Because hmm. he's just, he's grinding and trying to get guy. it done. Uh, Sean is a, it, Sean and I are kindred spirits. And I think that's part of the reason why we get together. Like, him and I have a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. And he's fucking insane. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. you have to be. Like, if you're, if you're going to be successful at anything, you have to be insane. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, we're not going to get in a debate about our buddy on the show. But no, no, no. Having an engine, being driven to the point of obsession is one thing. Actually being a fucking lunatic is a different thing altogether. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> God damn it. I hate you. You should. Well, no, like that's the only thing that made me successful in selling cars. Yeah. Like I had one thing that I wanted to do. Get paid. Yeah, it was do the most. Yeah. I had to do it better than everybody. And like I I don't know if I've talked about this on the show or not, but I had basically since I was 19 years old, I had been doing sales jobs. Right. So I have a doctorate in that at this point, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I have the experience of a doctor in this field, and it showed, and that was fucking awesome. Hmm. And, like, having people tell me, you're so talented, blah, blah, bullshit. Like, it's not talent at this point. Like, it's it's fucking years of grinding and shit, and now, now there's fucking fruit being born. Like, that was awesome. Like, that's why I was excited about it. Because no matter what, I knew that I had already, I had already put in the work to get these results, and that kicked ass for me. Yeah, see, I, and it's it's gonna sound depressing, but I've never cared about something that much. You ran a company, like you went from clerk, you went from peon to but, the boss. But I, but I never had that kind of passion for it. Really? Yeah. Why'd you move up? Um, that's a challenging question to answer. Well, like I talked, I so Sean and I talked about you briefly today, yeah. and I said that you were a fucking workhorse. Yeah, I'm like Mike will work so hard while he's there, and I, I admire that about you. Like I think that's a fucking fantastic quality. Like you don't. You don't waste a lot of time while you're at work. I try not to. And that's that's awesome. And, like, as an employer, that's fucking huge. And, like, that's one of the things. That's why I told you months ago, I'm like, if you want to sell cars, you'll make a lot of money. Yeah. Because um, you would. And it's because while you're there, you fucking go. And that's all you can do. So, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't be there if you'd left, though. No, I'd fucking. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be like, no, no. 
I'd cry. I'd it's, it's so funny. Um, I've been in that business enough and seen what happens when people leave enough to know that once, once, once your pocketbook is being affected by it, it's very, very different. Uh, there, yeah. there are very few people that'll follow you unless there's money on the other side. And like, that's okay. Like I just, I guess I've not completely developed that part of myself yet. Right. Uh, because I am a pretty loyal person and like I, I've got a friend that works there. He works at a different store there and like I made friends with the guy. He came, worked at my store for a little bit and him and I just clicked and we're buddies now. Um, and I was talking to him and he's like, fuck dude. He's like, why? And I'm like, I, I'm like, it was time. Did, did his store try the same thing? No, nah, exactly. Um, I was like, no man, it's, it was just fucking time. And he's like, I can get you here. And I'm like, it's it's kind of done. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think that's even an option at this point. Uh, so, you know, I don't think so. And he's like, I'm gonna fucking try it. I'm gonna try it. I'm just gonna try to get you here. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I burned that bridge when I had those matches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he he's a fucking he's a good dude, and he's like, I don't want to see it go down like this. Like that's not acceptable to me. And like there there are very few people like that yeah. in that industry. Like they're far and few between. And like when he left, I fucking I didn't have the option to just go with him. Right. Uh and I tried to recently and they were like, You don't need to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was a crazy thing. But yeah, like if, if he would have just up and quit and been like, I'm going here, I'd I'd have fucking gone with him for yeah. sure. Uh, but that's it. You know, it's a weird thing. That's neither sure. here nor there. Yeah. Um, it's just when it's a, it's a rarity that somebody actually gives a shit about you in that business. And when somebody does, uh, they're generally a fucking stand up person. You gotta, you know, look out for each other. So I got a, I got a couple of those coat. So when I originally left the car business the first time, uh, I had hired Cody and, Cody didn't go with me and like they, they, I kind of got dicked that go around. Um, and I, I was, I was a little bit surprised and it hurt my feelings slightly, but I'm like, I get it. He's got a kid. He needs to be able to afford to pay his bills and stuff like that. But it was bizarre to me because like I would have fucking, if they would have done him wrong, I'd have been like, no, 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 no. I don't work here now. Uh, but it's just, I, I don't know. I guess I'm fucking wired completely different. And it's, it's a character flaw. Nah. It feels like it is. Nah, it's not a flaw. It, you see, you can say that, but like when you, when you really, really get down to it, there's nothing good that comes out of being that way. Nothing. Like, okay, I get to fucking die someday and be like, I did this. So fucking what? Um, no, you got to be on your deathbed and think, you know what? I, I had my limit. And because of that, I couldn't stay anywhere, but you, but you've done a lot of things and built something that other people haven't. I mean, you've got your podcast and you had, I mean, when you were hell, when you were working with me at miniature market, you had all sorts of stuff that you were doing on the side that you were hustling and making money. You have an engine, man. You have a drive that a lot of people don't have. 
Yeah, but uh, so the thing that I was thinking about this earlier tonight, I'm, I'm glad that we get to talk about it now. Uh, so I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and Rob Zombie was on it and he was talking about being in a band and his band sucking but still getting signed and stuff like that. Right. And Wait, uh, which band sucked? He said White Zombie did. Stop it. That's what Rob Zombie himself said. Uh, their first album's fucking awesome. So his whole point was... What an, when he's they, an idiot. No, no, no. So when they got together, it was a bunch of kids that didn't know how to play instruments. Like they knew nothing about it. They were just like, let's make a band. Yeah. Right. And that's generally how that goes. And like anything, anything is how long are you going to do it? Right. Despite opposition, despite failing and despite all that. And that's when like that's when you start to see fucking results is it, it's not it's not, oh, this didn't work. So I'm going to go do something entirely different. And I realized that today and like it was a it was a oh shit moment for me because I'm like. You, like sometimes you have to stick things out and change things up with what you're with how you're you know moving about it so like it, it my podcast drive my wife crazy she's like she's like you didn't make much money with entertain the geeky i'm like it wasn't about that though like right. i never i actually never saw a dime of the money made i've just poured a bunch of money into it everything else went into doing more stuff for that business okay so that was that was learning like that's what that was and i learned a lot of ways not to do something and if if because we're not doing like we really don't do that podcast at all now and we should be and like it's a lot of it's because of work or whatever but those are fucking excuses like if we would have kept up with it like we had initially it would be in a very different place than it is right now and i had to come to that realization and i it's it's not about being good at it or anything like that it's about sticking with it for fucking long enough that it can be something like opportunity is gonna fucking pass you by several times because you're not ready for it okay but there there comes a time if you stick with something for long enough that it can't pass you up anymore so you have to go along for the ride with it and that's a that's a big deal and like that's something that i think our listeners can take like if you're feeling like you're fucking it at the end of the road with it and but it's what you give a shit about and it's good you don't stop you keep fucking going you mess up a few more times and then you mess up a few more after that and eventually it starts to work itself out that that sounds like a word of wisdom yeah i guess sure take it just just you know be have the courage to fail and stick with it fail relentlessly yes yeah that's a good word of wisdom fail relentlessly it sounded so cool when you said it that way <laughs> it was almost with like a british accent in my brain crikey oh wait sorry fail <laughs> relentlessly <laughs> and you kind of like trailed off as you said it that was incredible <laughs> I saw the three the three periods come out of your mouth. <laughs> That's called an ellipse. Yes, I saw the ellipse. I want to see your lips. The, the great ellipse of 2019 fell from Mike's mouth. Yeah, that's actually something that I've never really been good at, is having the courage to fail. I mean, you do this podcast, and this is fucking one of those things that 
shit, we've like four people that follow it. Cool. Like this, this one is basically. It seems like no, it, it's not going a lot of places. Both of us are fucking horrible about social media. One, this yeah. is our fault. Yeah. Um, so that's how you promote a podcast, just so you listeners know. Uh, we are the worst goddamn social media people on the planet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I just feel if I, we continue to push the content out there, maybe it'll fucking pick up at some point. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe fucking maybe that Joe Rogan fellow that I like will randomly listen to it for some stupid ass reason and then be like, I'll have these guys on my show and then we'll get a million listeners just for being on a show. I don't think that any of that is actually going to happen. I didn't say it's actually going to happen, but it could. Could you imagine how many people bombard They're like, Joe, you got to listen to my podcast. That's why I would never tell the man to. I did ask Kevin Smith to listen to mine. Yeah. Um, He never read the message. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna go see him in October, and kill him. No, are you gonna uh, tell him you're still a fat fuck? No, I don't he's care a, how much weight you've lost. You're still a fat. He's coming fuck. to St. Louis, and they're doing a screening of the of his new movie. What's his new movie? It's a Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So him what? and Jason Mewes are doing a screening of the movie. And then they're going to do a Q&A afterwards, so uh, I bought Tara and I tickets to it. Oh, that's sweet. Um, it, well, her and I have missed him the past couple of times he, yeah. he's been to town, and we were both like so fucking bummed out about it. So as soon as I found out tickets were going on sale, I jumped on that shit. I got us balcony seats to it. I'm fucking stoked. Yeah, he's amazing. He's an early adopter. I mean, he, oh, you yeah. know, I mean, he sells his comic book collection to make a movie that he's passionate about. And then he's one of the first podcasters. Yeah. No, the guy's a fucking pioneer. And when he's a guy in here, he is. He's amazing. He's got that big dick. Um, <laughs> What's well, it, it? So he said one of the coolest things for him was getting a fucking uh, indirect cameo in Mall or in uh, Captain Marvel. Hmm. Because Stan Lee's reading the script to Mallrats in it. Oh wow! And that's fucking cool. Like how yeah. how badass would that be? And he said uh, Kevin Feige had actually called him to let him know about it. And he's like, "Are you fucking serious? Yeah, man. Yeah." And then you know Stan Lee died shortly thereafter. Right. Uh, he found out about it right before. Um. So he he was like, "This is incredible. Like this is so badass." And yeah, that would be fucking cool, dude. Like. But he's he's fucking done it for thirty years almost now. Right. Like the guy's fucking grinded and put out a bunch of movies that people don't give a shit about. No offense, Kevin Smith. I love your movies, but like none of them were super huge budget movies. The one big budget or the two big budget movies that he had basically flopped. Which were Cop Out and I, Zach and Mary Make a Porno. Oh, I thought those were I, what's Cop Out? Cop Out's one with Bruce Willis actually. Uh, I never saw it. Uh, it's got Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. Oh, yeah. And that movie actually is the one that made him, that gave him the uh, the credibility, more or less, to make Red State. Hmm. Uh, so, which is which is interesting. I mean, it's it is it's it's trite, but it's interesting. It was an interesting movie. Certainly thought, better than Tusk. Uh, Tusk was supposed to be a fucked it's up, fu- goofy. It is fucked and up. That movie, was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's fucked and. Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance so he called that guy and was like will you write a song for this and Gerard was like yeah so the guy <laughs> the guy that did uh, the Netflix series um, fuck what's it called god damn it oh Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. so Gerard Way did Umbrella Academy yeah, the, he wrote the comics, comics. yeah, yeah. Uh, so like the guy that did that for those of you who didn't know um, the singer from My Chemical Romance did a 
exclusive song for Tusk, and uh, apparently Kevin Smith's daughter like lost her shit. So that that's fucking cool, man. That's really cool. I love that guy. I envy the shit out of him, and his net worth is not as big as everybody else in Hollywood, but he's a fucking beast. I'm sure the guy doesn't have to worry about money either, though. No, he just loses weight and smokes weed. Well, he's got his hands in so many different things. Like, he's brilliant in that sense. I guess that's what happens when you have some level of success is that you, like, start to invest in other things and do other things. But, like, he's got a comic book shop that does very well, Mm -hmm. Uh, The Secret Stash. He's got um, that comic book shop had a fucking TV series on AMC that did very well for a while. Uh, He's got Smodcast, his um, podcast network that does well. Like, he's got a bunch of cool stuff, and it's the dude fucking grinds and puts in work, and, like, it's cool. I like the guy. You got to put in the work. Yeah. It's something I've seldom been willing to do. You got that big dick. That's why. I wish I had a big dick. You've got that average size penis. That's why. Yeah, it's disappointing. I, my favorite term is slightly average. (laughs) So like when you, when you work in the car business, every fucking douchebag there is running around talking about how big their dick is all the time. And I'm like, Uh my dick is slightly average. What's up, pussy? (laughs) And they're like, I don't even know what to say. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you suck. Yeah. You know what? People that talk about I I I I was having a conversation with some women not that long ago at uh get together for some former coworkers. And uh, you know, the wisdom was brought to my attention that guys that have big dicks, they don't talk about it. I just talk about my dick all the time, like it's a micro dick or like it's a slightly average dick. So Worst case scenario, I'm honest. Yeah, you don't have a micro peen, though. No, not quite, but yeah, I'm pretty slightly close. Average. Yeah, it's slightly average, man. Slightly average. Might be, you know, average, might be a lot less than Your that. Your temperature might run low, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Got that turtle dick syndrome, you know? <laughs> that that phrase was brought to my attention by an aunt. <laughs> so we had a backyard pool, and she came over one day and was like, we were like, "Oh, it's so cold in here." She's like, "You guys got you guys got those little TDs right now." <laughs> and we were like fucking eleven years old. Gross. Oh no, you that's can't. A, no, that's a you horrible can't. thing to say no, to an eleven year old. That's so gross. And we were like, "What?" And she's like, "Those turtle dicks." Yeah. <laughs> she was the cool aunt to say the least, but uh, that shit was funny as hell, man. So that stuck with me. So yeah, turtle dick is a we um we found uh my buddy my I'm not gonna say his name. But when I was a kid, my buddy and I, uh, he lived with his grandparents next door to me and my family and my mom. Uh, my dad, my parents were divorced by that point. But uh, any which way, we found his aunt's collection of dildos. And it was fucked up. How hard were you? Uh, not. So I had a friend. It, it, I was young enough that I'm like, I wasn't quite sure what it was, but I sniffed them. Did you really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I had a friend growing up, and him and his sister found his mom's vibrator. Oh, yeah. And they would chase each other around with it. (laughs) Like dog shit on a stick. (laughs) Shit was so funny. So we went over to his house one day, and he's like, you guys want to see something awesome? And we're like, yeah. He's like, this is my mom's vibrator. And we're like, that's awesome. And then he's like, Watch this. And he starts chasing his sister around with it. 
fucking incredible. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. The show's going nowhere at this point. What so. are you talking about? It was it was great. That's why we have four listeners. Yeah, because they're like, okay, so you guys you guys said some silly shit. You talked about your lives a little bit, which we don't care about, and now. You're fucking talking about chasing your friend's sister around. You know what? That that this show is about. This show's about our relationship. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I have a boner. Yeah. I I eh.